to The Failed Podcast. A podcast where I delve into what it means to fail at something, or even not doing something because of fearing to fail. So instead, you end up sitting on your sofa, scrolling your phone. And this podcast is actually a result of being terrified because I am incredibly scared of failing something I do, I realised. And I often end up sitting in that sofa. But we all need to look our fears in the eye. And at the moment, I am glaring at this microphone. Right, so today I've got this incredible man for a guest. He's my network manager, ex-enemy and director, but most of all, mate. It is Bradley Coker. Hi, Stein. I, I shouldn't say Stein because people need to know that you're Steena, but I just call you Stein. It's so bad. It's it's the name I've uh, come to um, use myself these days. So it's completely <laughs> fine. Um, my name is Stein, everyone. Um, or Steena or Christina. It's, it's anything, really. <laughs> so, Bradley, hello. How are you? I'm good. Living the lockdown dream over here, you know, like it's it's been a rough, it's been a rough year. I mean, I haven't seen you in like, God knows how long. I d- <laughs> a year? I, Probably a year. It must be a year. Mad. Over a year. Wow. Yeah. yeah, that it's 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 been a it's been a it's been a year and a half. It has. Yeah. But we're so, here, that's the main thing. Yeah. On this radio. As we can I suppose, exactly. I suppose we can call it radio. Um, That's what I say to my nan because she doesn't understand what podcast means. So I say I'm going on the radio. <laughs> so she tunes in and then she can't find you. That's a bit sad. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, oh well. Well, Bradley, um, let's start with some some juicy questions. Um, yeah. So the first one is, where are you from, and like, where do you live now, Bradley? So I am um, originally from Romford in Essex, wrapping up all my Romford listeners. Um, and uh, so proper, that's like the proper Essex, like Brentwood and Romford, that's where, where like Towie, you know, like only ways Essex sort of land, that's there. Um, but when I was about 11, 10 or 11 years old, my family were like, no, let's um, move to the countryside. So I now live in Chelmsford in Essex. That's a pretty hip place. Yeah, it's, you've been, it's nice, been. right? twice I've been uh, yeah. you can't remember one of the times but I swear I was there with you so that's on you for not remembering yeah that's so true <laughs> <laughs> um, um yeah I wish you said you were in London and that you were going to move to London but I will I will dream Bradley I will dream I mean every time a, a new vacancy comes up in your house or like or like around your house you're like hey want to move in and I'm like ah <laughs> It's low-key pressuring and manipulating you, but it's low-key, so it's fine, I suppose. Exactly. It's subtle. <laughs> right, Bradley, what do you do? Um, so I sit on my bum and do nothing. <laughs> um, no, I wish that was the case. I um so I was a front of house supervisor at um the or customer experience supervisor match title um at the Fortune Theatre in London, working with ATG before um COVID hit. And I'm really fortunate to still be on furlough with them, hopefully until we open, because otherwise I'm screwed. Um but uh yeah, I that's what I do as a job, and also I have just dived into the world of podcasting um, and content creation over the last few months so um hoping people enjoy listening to me yeah how how insane is that you got like what three podcasts already and planning like seven Uh, what seven that's a push don't don't get the the feelers out there (laughs) i suppose this is uh your next question like what's your dream and it's the seven isn't it yeah, the seven is definitely <laughs> the dream. Um, no, I think that I, um, I w- like this, I've loved doing podcasting so much and it's um, my, um, so yeah, I, uh, back in lockdown, first lockdown last year, I just decided that I wanted to um, start doing something that wasn't YouTube because it wasn't for me, I didn't feel. Um, and I thought podcasting was the next best thing. So I created a podcast with Brunch with Bradley, which my friends all enjoyed listening to. Um, but I took a little break from that for mental health reasons and um, then decided when I got fired from my second job that I got this last year, not fired out of bad stuff, like a fire because of COVID, um, laid off. That's a nice way of saying it. Um, I was like, you know what? I need to make a um, another podcast um, 
so I decided to make a podcast called Confessions of a Disney Cast one, which is amazing. And now I'm here with you. So that's, that's the best part. This is this is insane, Bradley. Like we thought about this. I think we started this process like four days ago. I, yeah. Not even four, like, yeah, four. I think it was four actually. And still that's I impressive. Was, yeah. I, I, I just say, I think the main thing to say is like, don't wait, like get up and do what you want to do because at the end of the day, you can sleep when you're dead. I know that you say sleep, but I say sleep when you're dead always. <laughs> well, then you're going to die earlier. Isn't that the thing? Yeah, at least <laughs> I died having fun, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so true. And that's why I'm doing this podcast because I was so scared of doing it. And then I was like, you know what? That's exactly why I need to do it. So bloody hell. Um, exactly. There will be swearing. Um, <laughs> um did we get your actual dream or was that just talk right about so so yeah that was that was just a, a shameless plug um <laughs> so I do I I do like podcasting is definitely a career path that I'm looking at now as well I think that um I've been so lucky with people listening to the podcast that I've created so far and right now it's just a hobby in honesty but I mean it would definitely be something that I look into whether that's presenting or um producing um content in general and if podcast ends up being the way then that's great but um I do I, I ultimately I'd love to go into writing but I keep saying that and still on chapter two of my book so you know um I'll get there one day I'll get there one day but that's the dream I mean chapter two is more than one chapter or even a sentence <laughs> so true. and so I can't true. imagine yeah there's not I mean I suppose you haven't just written 100 words I I mean 50, 50 words per chapter it's uh I mean that's exactly. still something guys you know what if you just write that book anyone listening write the exactly. book Bradley write the book exactly that <laughs> so that I mean that sounds like you have um a life um awaiting you Bradley I hope so that'd be nice we all I mean in this dreadful time I think anything more than sitting in your house is literally a life so literally literally yeah. the, the hopes are the hopes are high, but the level is slow. Oh yeah, definitely. I think it's um, hope for the best, expect the worst, but don't spend too much time expecting the worst because then you'll never hope for the best. Oh, wow. Okay. That was way too confusing for my head. Um. <laughs> I'm still going to process that um, for a few days now, but uh, we'll listen it back um, on the podcast every, every exactly. day. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, excellent. Right, we're going we're gonna to move on to the point of this podcast. Well, it's not the point of the podcast, but it is half the point. It is the point of the podcast, which is uh, failure. So, Bradley, first I want to hear uh, your outrageous failure, like your most insane, you're not supposed to say insane, I think, but, oh God, I'm just used to yeah. it. But um, <laughs> your, your most crazy, no, you're not even supposed to say that. Wow. Uh, your, your deepest, most epic failure there you go epic, uh, epic epic's the word epic epic failure um of yours bradley please do tell right so um oh god i don't feel like i should be saying this on the internet i feel like this is a really um i could end up getting like in trouble <sighs> not in trouble so basically i'm gonna try and keep this as short as possible um i so i have recently uh decided that i wanted to date men um about two years ago I made that decision I was like yeah screw it why not um not screw it in the literal term um in the picture sense <laughs> um but yeah. yeah so I um yeah I basically was like I I I hadn't ever really dated in my life before um and yeah I it was back in April um, during the first lockdown uh, I'd, I had just come out of a relationship a couple of months before it was my first relationship as well so heartbroken and all that jazz um, but I, <laughs> I yeah went on the dating apps stupidly in a lockdown why would you do that failure number one um, and yeah I um, ended up talking to this guy not naming any names and I know he's probably nice uh, deep down um but things just went a little bit AWOL quite quickly um so this was on an app that rhymes with Rinder. um so <laughs> for anyone listening you may know what that one is if you if you've got your wits about you but yeah we basically got talking and it was after the first day I was talking to this guy I got like a FaceTime from him literally the morning after the first day we started talking 
Um, and we'd exchange numbers and stuff, maybe failure number two. Should we rack up the failures here? <laughs> um, but gave him my number and uh, yeah, he FaceTimed me straight away. And at first I was like, I don't know if I should answer this. It's a bit much to start with. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. Like, I've got nothing to lose. Like, I'm at home. Like, he doesn't know where I live lol um and I yeah I answered the FaceTime and we actually had a really nice time chatting and the, over the next couple of days again like it was great getting to know someone especially because we've been locked down for like probably a month at this point which sounds like nothing now but like at that point we'd never been confined to our house before for that amount of time like as human beings unless you were ill or like um like that's pretty much it if you were sick that's the only reason you wouldn't go out or by choice to be forced in was a big deal so yeah, I um, basically, long story short, things got really intense really quickly. He wanted to go uh, on my part as well. I was also very invested at that. Like it was three or four days in, and I was like, "Wow, this is good. This is like it's rare on Grinder that you're gonna find someone who actually wants to talk to you about stuff and not just sex. Like let's be real." Um, and yeah, he. Uh, <laughs> this is where it sort of went a bit wrong because I um, got a message from him saying do you want to meet up and go on a socially distance walk at this point you were not allowed to do that like it was like do not leave your house you're allowed to go on one walk a day for like half an hour um or, around, or I think it was an hour with no one else outside your household and um I spoke to my parents about it I was very transparent with them I said do you think it's a good idea and they was like absolutely not you're not supposed to be doing it you don't know who he is there's no one on the streets which is that could have been to anyone not just this guy but I think that was quite a responsible way of looking at it and yeah um I stupidly, before I asked my parents, gave him my address, um, which just, this just ended up causing so much anxiety for me because I didn't even think of it at the time, but basically he ended up showing up to my house the next day, even though I said that we shouldn't, like, we shouldn't meet. Um, he showed up to my house, had a massive hamper um, with wine, like my favorite wine, my favorite chocolates, um, like scratch cards um, and stuff, and like, it was a lot, but at that point I was like, this is so romantic. Like, this is so nice that someone's doing this, but I don't think I realized at that point it had been four days. And like, I think with anything in my life, I don't realize how intense things are getting, whether that's work, like romance, like friendships or anything are getting super intense until I'm like a bit too far along. And I ended up basically at the end of that week calling it off because it just got way too intense for me. And like I said, I did invest a lot into that week as well and talking to him because I had nothing else to do um but the anxiety of giving him my address just like he had made a couple of comments like um and I mean if he's listening to this I there's no hate on you but like it was comments like this that just scared me away because it was like I might just show up outside your house tomorrow and I'm like that's too far and it was at that point I was like I need to cut this off and you also at that point got the fear of like he knows where I live like it could, it, like he could just show up at my doorstep. So I can't be horrible to this person. I can't just block him. Um, but yeah, and uh, it got sadly got to a point where the messages just kept coming. I kept trying to be nice, and eventually I just had to block him. And he's still blocked, which is really savage that I'm talking about. <laughs> but you know what? Like at the end of the day, like I said, I don't think he's a bad guy. I think he's a good guy, just not for me. Um, and don't give your address out to people. Oh my goodness, Bradley. <laughs> I'm, yeah, that doesn't seem um, like a really good situation to be in, to put it like that. Yeah. But if anything, I suppose you've learned like to be a bit more wary with your address specifically. Um, yeah. It's not just people. I was just going to say, it's not just people online you shouldn't give it to, but he was literally online. So he was, <laughs> he was actually... <laughs> It was one of them. Oh, grinder of all things, grinder. Do not do that. Even though that's what you're supposed to do, isn't it? Like the hookups. This is my parents' house. Like, I'm not gonna do that. Oh my goodness. But you managed to he can't contact you anyway because you've got you blocked him everywhere. Yeah, and I think like it's still an anxiety of mine that he does know where I live and he could show up at any point. But at the end of the end of the day, like um he like I've done everything I can to stop him from contacting me just because it wasn't good for my mental health um he has emailed me since but I ignored that because you can't block someone's email um so at least as far as I'm aware you can't so yeah oh wow yeah I don't know I've never thought about emailing like I suppose you can put them in the like the the trash bin 
No, not the drag. You know, like, they still keep coming. No, 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 but like the spam. Spam, spam. Yeah, yeah but then I just keep checking my spam box just in case they keep coming. <laughs> um, I'm very sorry you had to experience that, Bradley. That um, that was a fail. Uh, outrageous, some would even yeah. say. <laughs> Uh, but I would also say it's not really a fail. I mean, that's the that's what I'm trying to say with this podcast. That it was an experience that you you it sounded like you failed maybe, but you you had you tell the story. You live to tell the story. Yeah. You've not showed up at your door to do anything mad. Not yet. <laughs> yeah. And we are going to make. We're sure- after he listens to this podcast. <laughs> Well, now we we predicted it, so we can tell the police that we were already worried about it, and then it will be the police fault. No, because you would already be. Hmm. Let's let's just stop thinking about what could, <laughs> what could happen. Very true. Very and true. hope for the goodness in people, and that this guy isn't actually a creep. He's just a really intensely passionate. passionate. He just he just really liked you, Bradley. Yeah. Yeah. That's the bottom line of it exactly i think uh what a wonderful horrible story uh thank you thank you for sharing <laughs> of course <laughs> truly truly thank you yeah um I, I maybe we should i feel like that was actually quite like personal already and and pretty deep and you know it's it's slightly life altering as well because you're now terrified of your life um but let's move on to more more don't get me wrong I leave the house like I'm not I'm not like I'm not like a recluse I don't just sit in my house all the time I do go out (laughs) like you said like I have I've used it as an experience firstly to not give out my address obviously um to people I don't know but also um like to be conscious of people's intentions um because if you don't you don't know an individual even when you think you know them like you might not know exactly what their intentions are um so it's always good to like be conscious of um the fact that they may be wanting something more than you do and also not to invest too much too quickly because there's no rush I think that's the thing that this pandemic has taught me is like there's no rush literally no rush nobody's doing anything most yeah. people aren't dating so every, everyone will be free when like lockdown is over everyone will be like mingling and ready to find the partner yeah exactly <laughs> which is then then there's a rush so it's that day we've got to worry about because everyone will be out on the street just looking and seeking like foxes <laughs> still don't give them your address <laughs> <laughs> no no please <laughs> oh well uh, no yeah, that was uh, indeed a good story. So now let's go on to the more serious failure, which, again, I think what you just said was quite serious. But uh, now we're going to dig even deeper into your... Oh, podcast. God. Oh, yeah, yeah let's, let's analyse your life, Bradley, and uh, see your ups and downs. So um, I, I want you to share <laughs> more. Um, and I want you to um talk about a personal failure that you've overcome uh and how you sort of made that failure into a success actually first can I just get your relationship with failing um I I put way too much pressure on myself in the fear of failing I don't think I have a healthy relationship with it um but then I don't know if anyone does because I think we're all on some sort of spectrum uh, where we, even if you are not that fast about failing, there's still that little part inside of you that wishes you could have done better to not fail and to, su- to succeed instead. With me, I'm always looking for like something to do with my time. So I'm not just sitting around doing nothing. And in my eyes, that's failure. Um, if I if I eat something unhealthy, um, in my eyes, I'm like, you've, you've failed. When that's not the case, I'm enjoying my life. I'm enjoying my time. Um, so I don't think I have a very healthy relationship with failure overall. However, I'm constantly trying my best to make myself aware of the failures that I do experience so that I can try to not beat myself up for them. Yeah, I think that's the most, I mean, with any kind of issue or anything, it's the uh, being aware of it. That's the first step of conquering, I suppose, the problem, because obviously you can't do anything if you don't know about it. So um, that's really good that we are, me myself I'm getting also um aware of all the things that we're scared of and then catching myself and then going yes I'm going to do this podcast so exactly with with things like that we yeah 
we we need to be aware to solve it so um yeah it's it's a it's a, it's a what is it called like a, a deep relationship i suppose um and it's complicated like it is complicated it's never gonna it's never gonna be an easy ride at the end of the day like it's always gonna it is always gonna be difficult um because we're as human beings we're always looking for a job promotion or for the next big holiday or for um like i don't know like new adventures but that sometimes that can't happen and it's i mean i'm a hypocrite because i'm gonna probably wake up tomorrow and go okay what can i do better than yesterday but it's about looking at that in a positive way and not thinking you failed yesterday you succeeded yesterday but you can continue to succeed as a way to look at it at least that's the way I feel yeah 100% um which leads me into the actual question that I sort of already asked but I'm gonna ask it again uh in different in different wordings um so if you could just like pinpoint a certain pathway uh that you feel you you failed in no you 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 felt like you failed uh but it's the one you've sort of overcome then yeah um so one of my um one of the hardest points of my life was definitely school um I was I studied really hard throughout school when I got to college I was like screw this I hate it um in honesty but I but I started to enjoy my time and didn't care so much about career I was like you know what I'm gonna enjoy my life and then career can come later which is the mentality I take with me every day now um but yeah, school was really hard for me because I went into school wearing hearing aids. I um, went into school loving musical theatre and performing. Um, I went into school hanging out with girls all the time. And I didn't know if I was gay when I was in school. I did not know that. But kids assumed that all through school that I was gay. And not only was I gay, I was a deaf gay kid. Um, like it was the two like disability and sexuality are two um, like minority groups that I, under their eyes, like I said, I didn't know if I was gay at that point. I didn't have a clue about, I didn't care about that. I cared more about watching Doctor Who and like, and living my best life with my friends. But um, I was seriously, seriously bullied at school. And it brought on, like I said, for those reasons, because, um, because I liked performing, because I was deaf, because I hung out with girls, because I liked Miley Cyrus and, Ariana Grande and all that and um firstly can I just say that is unacceptable and if I hope that people there are some people that listen to this podcast that can hear my reflection on this because it's I'm definitely not the first and I definitely won't be the last um but yeah I do at that point when I was getting bullied I was getting chucked down the stairs I have people coming screaming in my ears because they knew that my hear my hearing aids that would hurt my ears if they come and scream in my ears I have people calling me gay boy faggot um queer like which aren't I don't care about them words now like I'm proud to be in in the LGBTQ plus community um but then I felt like I was failing myself I felt like okay I can't hear what does that mean this like there's something wrong with me I'm different to everyone else um it made me feel like being gay was a bad thing and that I had failed and not being more manly and not enjoying like football and and all the gen general masculine activities um and made me feel like I couldn't perform confidently because there would always be someone there laughing at me and I felt at between the ages of well probably all through primary school all through secondary school like I had failed myself um which was yeah like devastating and I think it did it shaped a lot of the things that I've come to know now and it would be interesting to say on this podcast that when I was in year five I don't know where how that corresponds to American or Norwegian listeners but um I was about nine eight or nine my the head teacher of my primary school at the time pulled my parent maybe it was like year four actually um the head teacher of my primary school pulled my parents into a meeting and asked them for permission to to ban me from performing and liking all those things and instead forcing me into football and sports so that I wouldn't be called gay that's the way to solve something by making the victim I mean yeah what is it called moving the victim around and not yeah. moving the actual problem around yeah oh that must have how how did that make you feel when they said that did you think about it then I didn't actually, my parents didn't tell me about that until quite a few years later. I think once I had like continued performing, like I left that school, went to another school. Um, but 
I mean, the whole, the fact that it's not just the kids, it's also the adults now. Even to this day, the fact that like an actual teacher wouldn't support me for who I am and instead tried to shape me into something else is devastating. Do you think, do you think it's changed a little bit now that the same school, do you think they would have done the same now? Well, that school got shut down, thank God. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) um, so he's, I've heard he's like, he's not in a good place, that teacher. But you know what sucks to be him because he, he failed me. Like people like that, like that. I don't want to, I don't want to bring hate onto this podcast or anything, but like people like that, hopefully use that failure as their successes to realize that they can be better people and they should be better people because he had no right to try and train me into something that I wasn't. So did you, did you think Bradley that this was all your fault? Yeah. At that point I did. I think like I was made to feel like it was my fault. Like I wasn't, I was being bullied by kids for all of my insecurities. Um, I was I, I, in my past, I knew that a, an actual like teacher had tried to train me out of it. And um, even my friends, because they saw I was getting bullied, I'm sure they cared, but I don't remember them ever sticking up for me because they didn't want to be in the firing line of these horrible people, um, which I don't, I don't hold any like bad feeling towards them for that. But yeah, I just, it was sort of a black hole and it brought on so much anxiety for me, like to the point, like, completely unrelated anxiety as well because it was things like I was scared my family were going to die I was scared like I would there was literally an exam where I was so anxious literally I was in my seat in the example five minutes before the exam started I um ran to the head teacher and said I can't do this anymore like I I I think my parents are dead and I guess that was because that I knew they were my support base my home was my support base and if they went I'd literally be done for and so I guess the insecurities of thinking that I was to blame for everything um, just led to all this anxiety as well. So you spent days thinking your family was dead at home? Yeah. And, and it you... sounds so unrelated, but that the only trigger I can think is that I've just gone through this traumatic experience with these horrible children in school around me. Um, and yeah, that's, that's just the thought process that went through my head every day for about a year. That is... Again, I'm going to say crazy, mad, insane. But I mean, it is, it is as well, because this is uh, a proof of a billion creating literal mental illness and yeah. creating for you, what, you eight, nine years old and already yeah. thinking so such well, to be so- fair so the point so the point I'm talking about now where this anxiety built I was probably about 14, 15. Yeah. Um, and that's when the, bu- the bullying really hit its peak for me. And you were, you were physically bullied as well, weren't you? Yeah, so there was times where I um, was thrown down the stairs. Um, like, I literally, there was one time this, this guy um, grabbed my hair. He was coming behind me, um, screaming into my hearing aid um, and calling me gay boy. And this was all happening in one scenario. And this was the one that I really remember because it hurt a lot. And I remember just running, crying through the school corridors to my teacher um afterwards but yeah he just got my I I turned around and said can you stop doing that like you're upsetting me and he got my hair and swung me down um the stairs from my hair it's just like just thinking about it it's just horrible not even so much like I'm I'm almost glad it's happened to me because it's made me such an advocate for speaking up and supporting people that are not even just being bullied but being peer pressured or being like isolated like that is it's not acceptable in any manner um and I just yeah I just hope that things I know things have changed but things still happen and um I don't get me wrong I had a few supportive teachers along the way but it wasn't enough support for one kid to handle no and with these like it's not just I can imagine it's always it's never just the one person as you say it's the teacher as well is on it you know everyone around you are on it um, can you imagine what, I mean, we can all imagine what the adults sort of are thinking because they've been brought up thinking this is how it is. Like the binary is what we should, yeah. the heteronormativity yeah. is what we should praise. But these children, like how old was he? Like 14, 15 as well? Yeah. And I, I suppose you think he's just, what do you think was in his mind when he was doing these things? Um, 
I honestly have no idea. I could never, ever, ever imagine treating someone the way that I was treated. Um, but again, to like, to bring it back to failure, I would have to say like, I can only think that he felt like he had his own securities or these two specific people I'm talking about had their own securities and that they failed in, they felt like they were failing themselves. So to take it out on someone else made themselves feel better. Yeah, exactly. It's It's always... Well, it's not always but it usually is some kind of like it's not you you're just a victim that something happens to you because someone else is struggling with something really again mad yeah. <laughs> what's the better word for saying something i think that's fine mad, I not about in the derogatory sense yeah <laughs> yeah so so obviously there's it's just super unfortunate that they take it out it i mean that's the thing they take it out on the weakest link or the people that they see is a bit different or like exactly it's a good shot because you know people are gonna hold with them because yeah. you're the one who's different yeah uh, which is uh, ridiculous let's let's yeah let's talk a bit about failure again about this i mean it is a story that is literally so much failure and so many layers of failure in there isn't it of yeah. of uh, parenting especially as well isn't it yeah um school systems you know you know, that's that's really interesting that you say that because I do feel like the school system did fail me um I feel like I, I I can probably name four teachers that really were by my side through it all but that's not enough that's not enough like the kids never got expelled they never got excluded they just got a telling off I think the police might have come in one day and said you're not allowed to bully like come on do they care about that yeah. they treat you see the way they treat me you think they're going to care about policemen standing there and telling them don't bully but that's not that's not the way it works no and it's that it doesn't help for a teacher to just say i'm with you bradley like you need to show it like it doesn't it doesn't matter if they're like um if i was there i would have helped you but you weren't there like yeah. you, you didn't do anything and you're not doing anything now i, I appreciate exactly. you telling me but yeah Oh, that must have been rough, man. Man. Yeah. Man, it's fine. We're here. We're still breathing. That's the main yeah. thing. <laughs> we get, got out of it. Um, how do you feel now that you're sort of on the other side of this experience? What What do you think about it? What how, Do you think it shaped you? I'm not a little kid crying in the corner anymore, so that's good. We're winning. Um, but, I mean, I, yeah, I, I basically, after that year of anxiety and... Um, I mean, mental health wasn't even spoken about while I was in school. It wasn't a thing. Like, it just wasn't a thing. And that was only, what, eight years ago that I was in school? Like, that is terrifying to me that we didn't speak about mental health a fraction of the amount we do now. Um, so I'm so grateful for that. And I do think every story counts. Like, I think e even though I might not have impacted the entire system, I could have impacted someone that's impacted someone else that's impacted someone else up the ladder who said, no, this isn't okay anymore. We need to fix this system. But yeah, it was after that year, I basically said to myself, I don't care. I'm not, firstly, I'm not interested in men or women at this point. Like, I don't want to get into a relationship because I don't care about it. Like, I love watching Glee. I love seeing romances on Facebook and like YouTube and TV shows. And um, also I was really fortunate. Um, I, my deafness was cured. Like I, uh, my ear canal had changed shape and I no longer had to wear a hearing aid. So organically, like it, it wasn't like I woke up one day and I was like, okay, all these failures are now gone. Like it took years for my hearing to come back. It took years for me to realize who cares about boyfriends or girlfriends at this point? And when the time comes, I can make that decision for myself. And that being gay isn't bad. It's not a bad thing, even though these kids made me feel like I would be bad if I was gay. But yeah, I basically took it for myself just to organise for the, my last two years in college. I went to the same school as I did college. Um, I ran about 10 charity events that year at, over those two years um, where I did like a Harry Potter concert. I did a horror maze um, at a lunchtime. I did Take Me Out with Teachers, um, which is like a dating show here. Um, and I raised thousands and thousands of pounds for charity. Um, and for me, that was like, I'm turning all of your negative energy into something positive. And for me, that was, that was my definition then of turning failure into my own personal success. But things do stick with you. Like, if I think about the fact that I spent so long thinking that gay was bad because 
I was being told like gay boy or faggot and in my ear that to me was like a criticism that was like some if I was gay I was bad that's why they're calling me this so that's why I think it took me so long to like not not come out like I didn't I didn't that was I wasn't scared of that necessarily yeah there's pressure telling people and stuff but that wasn't what I was scared of it was more just the fact I didn't I honestly didn't know who I was for so long because I was battling with this inner feeling of yeah I am gay but also this inner feeling of like the kids told me it was the wrong thing to do so it took me so long to overcome that but all of those things I think to answer your question have led me to turn those failures into successes and to be outspoken about all of those things and down with the bullies yeah wow that's incredible I didn't know that because I mean it all makes sense that you were just so pushed down and you know um I suppose you didn't I mean you as again you watched Glee and um did those I don't know I mean Glee is not for gay people or whatever like no Glee, but it's Glee. a very it was it was also one of the first shows on TV that I can remember though that was like about being you and yeah with Glee's a mess like it's a mess but back in the day it was like oh my god like be who you want to be love who you want to love and that was what I needed yeah because it, it was basically about finding some uh someone there to identify with because there were so many misfits to call it that in yeah. that glee club that everyone found someone that they can be like that's me like I had Rachel obviously um yeah. <laughs> so there was like it's a good show for that but yeah it is a mess the the fact that you've then been pushed down so much and then you use that to then produce everything yourself and just like not care about them because what can they I mean at this point I suppose you've did you change school at this point when or when did you break free from that were were, were the bullies still around when you were like I'm gonna do this and do all yeah. this charity stuff oh yeah. wow and they came to my charity events I didn't care for them and I never spoke to them ever again and I see them in town and. I, w- I mean, I think silence is the best form of torture. Like I would never ever speak to them because they know what they did. They know how they made me feel. And they know I was their target for no reason other than their own their own entertainment, I guess. Mm. Um, but yeah, they, they, they were there. And I think it's just a case of getting on with your life in the end of the day and making the most of it. You've, you've truly done that as well. Like you you, there's no stopping you, Bradley. You're literally doing everything, which... It's just incredible to to see you rise from the ashes. Um, exactly. Yeah. Oh wow. So basically, you've you've learned a lot from this experience. You, you can from being from from thinking you failed, being a human being, literally, um, and then having people because well because people t- told you uh, you're a failure because you you do this you like this, um, but then you managed to step out of that and just be yourself exactly. uh, which is incredible so to um to conclude this whole story of your uh, gr- your great failure um i'm going to use great as an actual a great failure because do you actually do you feel like you've succeeded um this story like do you feel like you've you properly overcome the feeling of being a the feeling of being a failed person yeah is the answer I do like I am in any job I go into in any situation I'm in I will never let the outcast be an outcast and um that has got me into trouble like that has my the fact that I am outspoken has got people to not take a liking to me but I don't care I know what it's like to be a misfit I know what it's like to be an outcast and there is nothing wrong with being different. There's nothing wrong with making your own decisions and nobody can tell you otherwise. Um, and yeah, I think that I've I've taken the failures from my past um, into the present and I am I am succeeding. I feel good after that. Like I feel like like fist bump. Don't you forget about, about me. me. No, 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 no. I don't actually know the lyrics, but it's a good song. <laughs> I watched it. God, I should watch it. Um, yeah, brilliant. That's just such a fantastic way to end that story. That could have been. That could have ended really, really differently. Right. Um, just to like say that it's not. It's never the victim's fault. Like, and also, if you feel like you can't break out of this, like if you feel like you can't be confident uh, enough alone 
breaking free like Bradley just said he did like that's that's also fine because it 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 does take a lot of uh, confidence to do that um but in that case you just need to like try really try to to reach out to someone and I don't know like as mentioned the school system isn't always great but there is always someone who can help you uh yeah. parent or school or friend but there there will be someone you just you just have to reach out a little bit yeah one step goes a long way and you like you never have to fail yeah you're definitely not a failure like people around you not to say that they are the failures but like there is a <laughs> there is a system here that is the failure uh i suppose the system is the failure not you there we go now we're gonna move on to something quite different okay so bradley are you how do you how do you feel about improv oh i mean it's been a while i'll have to um dust off my improv shoes but um yeah i think why not let's do it but you got the shoes and that's the start (laughs) exactly exactly (laughs) excellent right so guys, I love improv. Um, I started doing it just before the world faced the global disaster. We all know what it is. Uh, and I've kept doing it online during lockdown, which has been an experience. Uh, I think maybe I prefer physical, but you know what? Online improv has its good sides, I must say. And it, it was it was something I was pretty scared of doing. But, you know, by just jumping in and doing it has taught me so much about the fear of failing and learning to just try and it is not about trying to be funny but just like saying whatever comes to your mind and having fun you know you can be someone else and and play for a chance you know you can literally be someone else isn't that great forget about your worries forget about your worries <laughs> again i don't know the lyrics um <laughs> part of what makes it hilarious hilarious to watch and do uh is when the improvisers fail like literally that's the best part so in this way failing suddenly equals succeeding like how fun and confidence building is that truly how amazing like improv guys you should try it so that's what we're gonna do now brads let's do it so bradley the first thing so this is we're going to start with a warm-up and it's called it's called eight things so basically i'll give you a subject and your subject is things you find in the kitchen okay so you're gonna just say eight things quickly that you come up that are in the kitchen and again this is not like a factual thing this can be anything you can be like the uh, as long as you say it with intentions the fun of it is that you try and you fail and we all laugh um, okay so are you ready yes eight things you find in the kitchen bradley now fork drawers poster microwave <laughs> bananas uh ham <laughs> refrigerator um tiles <laughs> perfect well eight things that's so quick that was very quick well done bradley I, was there not a time limit was i just was it could i second as long as i, as I wanted i mean if you, if you just go like drawers fork sandpaper like that's not funny bradley exactly. <laughs> actually that is funny if you sandpaper if you... why you got sandpaper in your kitchen <laughs> that was me trying <laughs> <laughs> First thing that came to my mind. Everything is good, you know. Yeah. Uh, perfect. So now we're going to do one that is a bit harder. Um, and it is eight epic fails. Okay. So it can be anything. Eight epic fails, Bradley, now. Getting stuck on a roller coaster, um, your dog dying, uh, slipping into a river, um, getting your uh, ears blasted by your headphones, um, getting shot, um, dying on a cruise ship, um, uh, getting strangled by someone you love, uh, <laughs> um, sleeping when you should have been. <laughs> that is morbid. <laughs> right? Why, did I, why were they all not dying? That's not a good sign, is it? I'm, I'm going to have like, I'm going to have like health and mind contact me after this. 
You said the anxiety was gone, Bradley, but yeah. <laughs> no, you never said that, to be honest. Um, we've, we've just got proof. Um, fantastic. That was uh, that was great. It, improv can turn nasty. It can, because, again, it is literally what's in your head. And for Bradley, that's dying, um, yeah. which is not great. We should talk about that later, Bradley. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but well done. That was quick and, and fun. Wasn't it fun? I loved it. Yeah, it was good. There you, there you go. Improv is always fun. Right. We got another warm up, uh, which is no questions. So Bradley and I are going to ask questions and we're not going to answer them. And if we answer them, we fail. Oh. The failing is the, the part of it because it's not fun if someone is just like asking really good questions, is it? Um, That's true. It would be a completely different thing it wouldn't be improvising well it would but it would be it would be a debate wouldn't it exactly <laughs> so we're gonna try this now and I'm gonna set the scene I'm actually gonna paint the scene because I like that so Bradley you and I we are in a park because it's still corona and um, we're sitting two meters apart from each other there's birds because it's not in the winter so there's birds chirping and singing around there's leaves I just said it's summer. So the, the greens, no, the green, the leaves are green and they're beautiful. The sun is shining. We're quite hot because it's like 20, 25 degrees, but we've got an umbrella to shade our skin. It's yeah. very important. So Bradley, what do you think about that bird over there? What are you drinking? Wait, what's in your basket? What color is your top? What's your shoe doing on my foot? Why does your hair look like that? It's weird. Bradley. We are not. <laughs> See, I failed. That's great. See, this is this is hard. I'm telling you, this is hard. We're gonna go it again, is. and this time okay. you're gonna fail. Okay. Oh, we're gonna laugh. Then you start, actually. What shape are your glass lenses? What's your hair doing in front of your eyes? Why are you wearing a jumper in the middle of summer? How come you're asking me that? Because it's the oh <laughs> shit. God, God, it's hard. It is super hard. It is, it is, it is very hard. I once did it, and I. The thing about it is that you, you go in thinking, oh, you're gonna win. You're gonna ask all the questions. You're not gonna fail. Uh, yeah. But then that's how you fail, because well, you would have failed if you did it, because nobody want to watch you, because usually you do it in circle with lots of people. So yeah. if if uh, if you fail, you're out. Um, Got you. And then some random person comes on again, and it comes on, and then you can come back on again if you also want. So nobody wants to see the same person literally just standing there winning. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's yeah, it's it's a it's a fun game. Right now we're going to move on to the actual main improv. Like this is not a warm up anymore. This is no fun. This. <laughs> <laughs> it is fun um this is this is like serious but without being yeah. serious we're gonna do sort of like an interview uh which i'm already doing so i've got the experience now but i'm gonna interview <laughs> you bradley uh when you like let's say you're 80 years old you've lived a life you've failed and failed and failed a few times uh and i'm okay. gonna interview you about those failed times uh and you're gonna answer and turning it into a positive thing so you're going to be like, yeah, 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 I remember. Um, but it was great because okay. you made it You made it work. Like you made the failure work. Okay. Let's try. Yeah, Bradley, um, how fantastic to see you. Um, I'm really excited to, to know more about how your 80 years of life has really, how, what they've turned into. Um, so let's go over a couple of things you've, you've done. Um, so do you remember okay. that time you walked up on a ladder and then the whole ladder just fell backwards? Do you remember that? Yeah, I mean, I broke my back. Um, I couldn't walk for like three years. It was awful. But at the end of the day, I knew not to climb up ladders without a support at the bottom. <laughs> Fantastic. It's all about the support, isn't it? exactly yeah. yeah oh that that reminds me do you remember that time you were walking that dog and it started like pooing all over the road and like the pathway do you remember that that was like that was mad 
it was awful and I remember I stood in it and it was disgusting and I had to clean my shoes and then they got shrunk in the washing machine it was terrible but you know what I um decided from then on that I would um attach a poo bag to my dog's um bum whenever we'd go uh, out um walking after that just so uh, if I missed a piece of poo that I didn't know about nobody else was standing poo that's fantastic <laughs> do you remember that time Bradley because you just reminded me about the, the the bags that you went to the the shopping center and you were going to buy things, but they were completely out of like shopping bags or only any like boxes or anything. So you had to carry all of your items literally on your shoulders, your head, your fingers. You were like, you look like a, a donkey. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was literally the worst time ever because um, I ended up accidentally dropping um an apple in the road um but it was the last apple um that they had in the store so I was like oh my god there must be an apple shortage so I ended up dropping it um in the middle of the road uh I wasn't looking where I was going I dropped all my other stuff tried to pick it up and um a bus hit me and it was awful it was one of the worst things that's um, obviously ever happened to me it was terrible um but you know what I um I was really angry at the bus driver at first but once I recovered, I decided I'm going to become a bus driver because I need to appreciate them more. <laughs> that is that is learning from mistakes, I suppose. And right? like seeing possibilities. Yeah, exactly. How beautiful. So, Bradley, the last one. Do you remember that time you gave out your address to a stranger? I do remember. And I think I've learned that uh, in the future... I have to uh, be a little more private, um, not run into things too quickly and to meet in a middle place to start off with rather than meeting at my house and where my parents live. (laughs) And um, finally, I've learned not to meet someone in the first four weeks of a global pandemic. That's amazing. Wow, you learned a lot. That's great. Wonderful, Bradley. Thank you so much for sharing that. Of course. Right, Bradley, it's now time to do a little competition, like an improv Ooh. competition, isn't it? Okay. Yeah, you better... I'm very competitive. Oh, God. Well, you just found the right competition, I think. <laughs> <laughs> if you were going to sign up to any competition, I think this is the one that holds the most glory and honour. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So what you're going to do... You're going to you're going to talk for a minute or like how far you can uh, about a certain topic. And when you talk about that topic, you're not going to say two words. Okay. so the topic you're going to talk about is carrots. Okay. yeah. But you cannot say food and you cannot say and. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Okay. So you're gonna you're gonna have a little rant about carrots, truly, um, and I'm gonna note down your score, and everyone will um, hopefully be on that score, um, and we can track the winner and see who yeah. see who wins. Amazing. Um, during the season of the I failed uh, podcast, <laughs> you're gonna talk about carrots. You're not gonna say food, and you're not gonna say and. Okay. You can say anything. It doesn't have to be real, of course. I mean, it needs yeah. to be a sentence, uh, but yeah. it doesn't need to be honest about your feelings about carrots. Yeah. Although carrots are great. Right. We're going to start now. Are you ready? One, yeah. two, three. So the thing about carrots is that I just don't get their shape. Triangles are supposed to be for pyramids. Triangles are supposed to be for geometry triangles are definitely not supposed to be involved with carrots i also think that the color is a little bit odd like orange things that you put in your mouth it's just a very bizarre thing that we'd like to do and i know when you're young and i know (laughs) how many 38.31. Wow. I I thought I was going to do so much better than that. No, that was wonderful. Really? Yeah. I just, I just realized I, maybe I did it too easy because, and 
you 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 didn't need to say and i did nearly say it a few times did you oh yeah. there you go so it is good and i suppose food it depends on what you're talking about because you're yeah. talking about the shape it doesn't really have to do with food um but that's good um, and i'm in first place that's exciting <laughs> wow congratulations that's already the honor isn't it i i love it um we're very excited for the next one to to steal your space oh not gonna happen I'll have to come back. I'll be back. <laughs> Wonderful. We've just done four different improv tasks, really. Yeah. yeah. How did you how did you feel, Bradley? What did you think about it? Yeah, it's good. Improv? I think it's um obviously as a ex-drama student, um, it's it's quite nice to um, get back to those roots. But yeah, I think that you're right in saying it, the fun is actually in failing. Like if you was doing everything right and you was winning at everything, it'd be boring. So um yeah, it's about plummeting through and seeing your failure as a success exactly it's it's literally just about jumping in it and having fun I, I like improv is is an entertainment facility it's not a facility but like a uh activity that's the one yeah facility um where it's just for fun and there shouldn't be yeah you shouldn't be stressing about failing in it because you will never fail in improv exactly you're just learning and if you fail in quotation marks as in the fail is inside the quotation mark, then you will learn from it because you'll be like, oh no, I blocked someone. Um, blocking is when you ruin for someone else. If you say no, for example, like you shouldn't say no in. That's the only thing. You shouldn't say no in improv. But even if you do say no, you realize, oh shit, I said no. And then you learn, you're going to be more careful about it next time. So basically you're just yeah. learning from learning from your mistakes. Exactly. Um, but did you manage to have fun as well or did you stress about it no it was good fun I enjoyed it I think there's that immediate stress where you um think oh my god I'm not going to be able to do this but then you're like you know what I can do this and like you said at the end of the day it's about getting it wrong and having fun with it exactly that should be the motto of everyone's life really about life as well although we do realize people are having some bad times especially now like with social problems and racism and discrimination all of that we're not saying just laugh it off like yeah of course that's it's it's a completely different thing so this is more general general i suppose so bradley if failing then is succeeding because you're learning from it and you're doing something what is your next failure Mm, i think i'd have to say just because like i said this podcasting hobby has become such a big part of my daily life for the last few months um my next big failure I would guess is to continue failing at podcasting um I think I think I'm going to make mistakes along the way and um things aren't always going to go how I want them to go but it's about taking those moments learning from them and um not giving up just because you hit a few roadblocks true words wise words that I hope everyone takes to their heart and especially me um <laughs> um that this whole thing is literally about just doing it and learning and having fun and trying it out because if you don't try it out what are you le- what are you really doing like yeah. what is your life if you're literally just sitting there and not making a podcast i think everyone should make podcasts <laughs> or um or um join improv there you go there's some also something or okay. or sew a blanket <laughs> slightly different extreme but yeah do yeah. that too yeah so nobody you can never you can only disappoint yourself if you sew a blanket which you can choose not to be disappointed because it's literally just you involved so then you can't be disappointed because why would you disappoint yourself exactly true words true words <laughs> so <laughs> so guys well actually first i'm gonna say thank you so much to bradley for joining uh yeah and making this a thing uh without bradley i would not be sitting here um doing this um at all so bradley is truly a inspirational and unfailed person apart from when i forget to text you back that's a fail that's that's (laughs) a fail and nobody will uh tell me that that's not a fail (laughs) literally no but i think that you've already you've already um ticked off your first fail into success by doing this first episode so i'm very proud of you and that's the sound i will 
make this night when I try to sleep and I can't because I'm so excited because I did it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so everyone, thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, and remember, failing is just part of life. Failing can lead us down pathways we wouldn't have found if we didn't have the courage to fail. And I think this microphone and I are going to be good friends after all. Have fun failing! <laughs>